Well, hello and good morning. Welcome to the weekly podcast. I hope you're doing wonderfully. I hope all is well in your world. Uh, Just get started. Let's open up with prayer here. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Now, I pray that we have ears to hear. I pray for the anointing to preach, teach, speak, impart, but I pray also for the anointing to receive everything you have for us today in Jesus' mighty name. I bind up, cast down, cast out every ungodly thought in Jesus' name. And I thank you now, Lord, for the anointing. I thank you now, Lord, for the Holy Spirit bringing revelation to us, bringing insight to us. I thank you that your word comes to us with great power uh, in Jesus' name. I thank you that joy comes with your word today. I thank you that we're refreshed, renewed. Oh, I thank you that, Lord, that you now propel us to do great things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you once again. Uh, I love you. I thank God for you for such a time as this. Amen. Go go ahead and say it. Say, I'm here on this uh, planet at the right time. Amen. God surely has a plan for your life. Well, I want to talk to you uh, for a few minutes concerning the anointing and concerning hearing God. Uh, I believe that we, uh, obviously, you know how I feel that we are in the last days. We are in the last hour, the last moment uh, here on this in, in this uh, world. That's not bad news. That's great news because we're leaving, going to another world, uh, going to our world, and that world is called heaven. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a scary place. And, and as a believer, you ought to know a lot about heaven. Therefore, it's not foreign to you. If heaven's foreign to you, you better catch up and you better start studying and you better start getting close to the Holy Spirit so he can reveal to you who you are, where you come from. Come on now, say amen to that. That's good news. Uh, heaven should not be foreign. It should not be spooky. There should not be the, the unknowns uh, meaning you know, am I, will I like it? Well, no, forget all that. That's where you're from. You're heaven bound. You're heavenly. You're a product of heaven. You've been reborn. You've been born again out of this world into that world. That's your land. That's your home. Come on now. Uh, say amen to that. So uh, there's an end time anointing. It's very important that you hear from God in these last days. It's very important that you hear from God in any day. Uh, we should have been hearing from God a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five, two years ago, but especially as the time draws near to our Savior, uh, Jesus, the Christ, coming back to, to gather us in the sky, uh, we better hear his voice like never before. And the world is waxing worse. Isaiah 60 says the world will wax worse and grow dark and darker. Uh, well, that's not us. His glory will shine upon us, the believer. So as the world grows darker, we, the believer, ought to shine brighter. Uh, come on now, that's the idea. We shine brighter by way of the anointing. Uh, the anointing illuminates us. The, the anointing is the power of God on the inside of us, illuminating, uh, giving light to the world through us, attracting the world through us, giving answers, you know, shining a, a light on a path to give direction to the world through us. It's illuminating. Say that with me. Say the anointing on my life. Come on, say it. The anointing on my life is illuminating. It's electric. Uh, it, it's, it flows. It helps. It, it's, it surges. Come on, that's the anointing of God, the power of God that is placed on your life for these last days, especially it's for every day. 
It's been with you from the beginning. God anoints you. You get born again. You get anointed. And it's with you. It doesn't come and go. I'll get into that in a second. But it's with you. But a lot of people think that it comes and goes and it's sporadic. No, no, no. You have it or you don't have it. If you're a born again believer and you walk with God and you're spirit filled, you ought to have it. Amen. And then you just don't have to learn how to get it. You need to learn how to flow in it. There's a big difference there. So at the end time anointing, hearing from God, it's very important that we hear from God. It's very important that we're led by God in these last days and that we're illuminated by the power of God. This world needs the power of God. The world doesn't need you. The world doesn't need your intellect. The world doesn't need your religious rituals. The world doesn't need your ideas. The world needs the power of the Almighty. That's the anointing of God. Come on, uh, say amen. The anointing, I, I'll define it like this today. The anointing is the power of God on display. Wow, say amen to that. The anointing is the power of God on display. The power of God on you, but it's on display, meaning uh, when the, someone's anointed, uh, God is present and his operation, his work, his ability is on display or people can see it. Uh, people can, are, are touched by it. People are changed by it. It, it has a great yield uh, from it. Come on, uh, say amen to that. So uh, in this last day's anointing, uh, we have to begin to understand how the anointing works. How do I get the anointing? Uh, how, how do I get stronger in the anointing? How does the anointing flow? And there's so many religious uh, ritual, rituals or religious myths and I can tell immediately when someone starts talking about 15 steps to being anointed or, uh, you know, uh, man-made rituals or witchcraft ideas, it's, they don't think it's witchcraft. They think it's God, but it's not. Uh, to be anointed is very simple. It's first you get born again. Uh, you get cleansed by the blood of Jesus, washed and renewed by the blood of the Almighty. Come on, say amen. Uh, he, he takes your sin. He washes it, washes your uh, your being uh, white as snow. Uh, he takes your blood out. He takes uh, your way out. He takes your will out and he puts his way in, his blood in, his will in, and he makes you heavenly. He takes the world out and makes you a heavenly being. And then secondly, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. There's a big disconnect in the body of Christ from salvation uh, to baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Ghost. There's a big disconnect. A lot of people have so many confused ideas. A lot of people are ignorant concerning this matter, but it's very simple. You get, bapt you, you get born again at the cross of Jesus. Not literally, but that we say that in a sense, meaning Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, came to this earth. He was here 30 years. Uh, for three years, 33 years total was his ministry. Acts 10.38 in the 30th year says how God anointed Jesus uh, with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good and healing all of those who were pressed for the devil because God was with him. Uh, the, the, God, the power of God was on display. Uh, three years he walked in the anointing of God. Then three years every miracle Jesus ever did took ha happened in three years, not 30, but the three last years of his life. So we go to the cross or, or we go where Jesus gave his life. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you believe with your heart that, that Jesus was dead, buried, but he rose again, uh, you shall be saved. If you confess that or receive that uh, and confess it, take it by faith uh, with your mouth. Amen. You're saved, but you're not filled. Now you say, well, I got the, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. No, you got the Father in a, in a sense, but you have the redeeming spirit. You've been redeemed. You haven't been filled. 
Uh, so you have God the Father through the work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says that Jesus is the doorway. No man come to the Father but by me. So as you receive Jesus as your personal Savior, you now have access to the Father. But then we see in Matthew chapter 3 that John the Baptist was limited at this time because he didn't have the Spirit. And John the Baptist was in the wilderness preaching. But he was limited in his preaching and he could only preach and not only like a bad thing. Glory to God, Jesus is a great thing. But he could only preach that the one that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to latch, and he'll take you further. Now, I'm expanding that for you. Uh, it says, uh, one that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to latch. He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan is in his hand. Now, think about this. He's going to take you further or beyond what John was able to do because Jesus possessed the anointing of God or Jesus was empowered. Now, John was anointed to preach Jesus, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit. We can say John was grace, but he didn't have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. So he couldn't operate in, in this dunamis realm or in this, come on, supernatural ability that comes by the way of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus now comes on the scene. He now has the power to baptize in the Holy Ghost and fire whose fan is in his hand. What's the fan do? What's the fire do? What's the Holy Ghost? Are they the same thing? Or is the fire uh, an adjective explaining the Holy Ghost? No, it's two different things. You receive the Holy Ghost and you receive fire. What's the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is the third person of God, the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Ghost is not a, 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 a vapor. He's not a dove. He's not a wind. He's a person without flesh, a, a spirit. Just like you are a spirit with flesh, he's a spirit without flesh, but he's the Holy Spirit. God separated himself, in a sense, from his spirit and gave his spirit to planet earth to all believers so his spirit could live on the inside of them. His spirit could propel them. His spirit, come on, could illuminate them. His spirit could lead and guide them into all truths. So he's the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit, then Jesus puts fire on the inside of you. And that fire, the idea of the fire is, is to keep you ablaze for the gospel, to keep you ablaze uh, for his word, to teach, preach, prophesy, to keep, keep you ablaze, to live a holy God life. And the Bible says he has a fan in his hand. And the closer you get to him, the, 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 the more the fans of heaven flame or the wind of heaven blow. And the more the wind of heaven blow, the stronger, the brighter the fire gets. And the more on fire you become, the more radical you become for the kingdom of God. So we got all these different things that God's given the body. But a lot of people think, I receive Jesus, I get everything. That's all I ever need. Come on now, I'm preaching pretty good. Say amen. Joel even prophesied this. In Joel 2, 28, 29, uh, he said that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He was prophesying it from the old covenant, uh, looking forward into the new covenant, preparing uh, the body of Christ or prepare, preparing believers uh, that the day would come when I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Come on, uh, Joel said, I'll pour out my spirit. Now you can see this in Acts 2. Um, uh, you can see it in, in, uh, very clearly in Acts 2, 1. But Joel said in Joel 3, oh, I think it is, oh, actually 2, uh, 28, 29, it says, After it will come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon my servants and upon my handmaids. In those days I, God, will pour out my spirit, and I will show you wonders in heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. 
The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood uh, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or in this translation it says delivered. For in my Mount Zion in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. And the Lord hath said it in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So glory to God. Uh, Joel prophesied it. We see it in Acts 2, 1 through 4 in the day of Pentecost. There one place, one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. It filled all the place where they were sitting. And it appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to speak. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus himself said in Acts 1, 8, don't leave don't go, don't preach, don't do anything till you be filled with power, dunamis, uh, from on high. Come on now, say amen. That was before the day of Pentecost. He said, don't. He said, wait, 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 wait. What are we waiting on? He said, Terry, on what? The Holy Spirit. Who? The Holy Spirit that I'll pour out. The Holy Spirit that I'll pour out from heaven on you. And he's not only going to be with you according to John 14, chapter 14 and chapter 16. Not only will he be with you, but he shall be in you. Now, for some reason, a lot of people want to leave these biblical truths because intellectually they're limited. You limit yourself intellectually. You need to strip off the, the, the rituals of religion. You need to strip off all these myths, truths that you've picked up through religious church plays and programs and ideas of boards and men's and groups that don't have the anointing. You need to put, you need to cast them things down and understand that this is the gospel. The anointing is a part of the gospel. The, when you hear the word, the gospel, all you think about is Jesus. No, the gospel is the good news. That's what the gospel means, the good news. The good news comes from Jesus. The good news is our Bible that Jesus penned, that Jesus spoke through men and men penned on his behalf. And the good news says that you, you should be anointed. The good news says that there's an anointing available to you. Uh, the good news says that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. The good news says that you can pray with other tongues. Come on now, say amen. I'm preaching better than what you're saying right there in your car today. Woo, glory to God, amen. Yeah, that's a part of the good news. But a lot of times, once again, we're limited by wrong teaching. We're, we're limited by doctrines of men. Uh, hey, some of you have been under doctrines of devils that uh, men carry, which is uh, crossways of the word of God, the truth, because they're unable to comprehend the whole word because they don't have the Holy Spirit to lead and guide them into all truths. So they are limited to what they say, and a lot of times they lead the body of Christ in a wrong direction because they don't have the capacity to lead you in the direction of heaven because they don't have the Holy Spirit. They're not anointed. They're, they rely on performance. They get up there and perform. I can tell a performer, preacher, and an anointed preacher very easy. A, a performer preacher is always tired and wore out. Well, if you're anointed, it flows naturally. I'm not, I'm not going to get tired and wore out to anything. I, I could preach for 30 days and not be tired and wore out. It's just something we do. When you're anointed, the anointing flows. It's like electricity. It's like a river. A river doesn't get tired because it flows all day and all night. Electricity doesn't get tired and give out and need a rest or need a nap or need a break because it supplied uh, power to turn the lights on and the AC on. No, it flows. It has an unlimited source and it flows from that unlimited source and it flows naturally. Come on, are you here? Say amen. 
But when I get around these preachers, that it's so embarrassing that they gotta they gotta prepare for five days, and then they preach. They prepare for five days. They sleep all day Saturday. They preach on Sunday, and then they need to take a week off, and someone else else has to preach the following week because it took so much out of them. Yeah, because that's on natural base. That's without the Holy Spirit. That's no anointing preaching performance base. You're performing. You're not anointed to do what you're doing. Get out of the pulpit. You're going to kill yourself. But true anointed people, they just flow in the things of God. Uh, you say, so you don't study and you don't prepare? Yeah, I study and prepare, but I study and prepare out of my love for God and out of my love for his word, and I walk with the Holy Spirit, not because I have to preach on Sunday, because he touched me. Come on now, say amen. And I'm, I'm never the same, and I long for that touch continually. So therefore, I just study, preach, meditate, think on the things of God, talk to, walk with uh, God. And when Sunday comes, I just flow out of the anointing or out of the overflow, it begins to come out of me like a river uh, of living water that comes out of your belly. Out of your belly, John chapter 7 says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not that I have to conjure up or come up with or, or sweat bullets on Saturday night to try to come up with something. Or I can't be around anybody Sunday morning. I, my office is full. I come in here Sunday morning and I get ready. Uh, I get in here about 6.15, 6.20 just to be with God. I don't go crazy getting points and notes and bullets and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. The anointing knows what to do. And then uh, people start getting here around 8. Uh, my office starts filling up around 9, around 9.25. There's probably 20 people in my office. I talk with people, visit with people, take communion with people. Uh, I get my suit on. Uh, I get ready. Uh, I, you know, get my little bag together. And I go over next door. I say hi to people as I walk in. Now, I don't come in. If I had come in the service, you know, a quarter till, people would tell me so many things. Not that I don't have the anointing to deal with or not that would it would hurt the anointing. It's just I don't operate that way. Like, like I... Some of you know my personality. I don't sit too, still too long, and I can't sit there and have 15 conversations with 15 different people. It'll put me into tilt, not the anointing on my life, just my personal uh, makeup or my DNA, who I am. I can't listen to 10, 20, 15 little clips and be pulled on 15 little directions. It, it, it just makes me nutty. But that's not not because I'm preserving the religion on my life or the you know the anointing on my life no no the anointing's there the anointing's ready the anointing's full the, the anointing doesn't diminish the anointing doesn't empty the anointing doesn't weaken it's preparedness ready and god has an, an anointing for you not only an anointing for today yesterday uh but he has an, an end time anointing and he anoints you when you're obedient to the call there there is a there there will be an anointing to equip you to have success in that call. When you're obedient to the voice of God in a call, God calls you to marriage, to the right spouse, to the right keyword, keywords, right spouse, and you go to the altar. Well, at the altar, when you say, I do, there, there, there is an anointing that God gives you with that title to be successful in marriage to that spouse. Say amen to that. When you have a child in marriage, uh, in wedlock, come on, with the person that God chose for you to be to be with, there'll be an anointing there for you. Waiting as the baby comes out of his mother, there'll be an anointing for you to be a parent, to give you success, 
to, to parent that child. There'll be an anointing. When you obey God and you find your calling, your, your business calling, or, or your ministry calling, now not what you choose, but what God leads you to do, what you were created to do, when you find that, there will be an anointing for you to have success. A lot of people don't take time finding what God has created them to do. They just do what they see other people do, or they look at someone else and dream that should be me. Instead of being patient and talking to God and hearing from God and asking God, what can I do? What should I do? What was I created to do? What did you gift me to do? What is my ministry? What is my business? How do I earn money? Uh, so on and so forth. And once you listen and are led by the Holy Spirit, when you get to that place of obedience, God then equips you or, or anoints you to have success in that ministry and that business. And on it goes with every title of obedience. What God uh, gives you an, uh, gives you a path, you follow it, you're obedient. There's an anointing to have success on that path. Wow, in Jesus' name, amen. So the anointing is extremely important for you, especially in these last days. You, you must be anointed. The anointing comes on you by way of obedience. The anointing will grow or, or get stronger and stronger uh, with maturity. And once again, relationship. This is not intellectual. You, your brain's not big enough. Your brain's not smart enough. Your brain's not complex enough, not good enough. <coughs> Excuse me. To understand, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> to understand the anointing. <coughs> your brain can't handle that. Your, the anointing bypasses your brain, and it's the glory of God that rests on you. It's the glory of God that fills you. It's the glory of God that speaks through you. It's the glory of God that flows through you, but it's greater than what you can gain in your natural intellect. It's the anointing or the power of God. Now, I've noticed this. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to have to obviously part this one out. But a lot of people don't get filled with the Holy Ghost and they don't pray in tongues. Number one, the number one reason that I see why people don't <clears throat> is they don't take time to gain faith concerning that matter. So if you don't have faith uh, for that to, to receive the Holy Ghost, you can't receive him. If you don't have faith, you don't build faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I would take all the scriptures that deal with the Holy Spirit, all the scriptures that deal with the anointing, all the scriptures that deal with praying in other tongues, and I would read, 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 meditate, meditate, not carnally read, meditate, open your spirit to receive the truths of God. And I would say this, uh, forget what man has taught me, forget what religion has said, uh, forget with the perversion that I've picked up through different religious organizations. I want what God has for me. And if the Bible says it, I'm hungry for it. And I'm not going to stop till I get it. <clears throat> and I would build, come on, on the inside of me, faith for, for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, faith to pray in tongues. I'd build faith to walk with the Holy Spirit. I'd build faith to walk in the anointing of God. And I would make, make sure that in building faith, well, you'll, you'll do this anyway, but it will build an importance that this is extremely important. It's extremely important. Jesus said, it's extremely important for you that I go. John 14 is extremely important for you that I go. For if I don't go, the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. Uh, the word is, it is expedient. And that's with great importance that I leave so the Father can send the Holy Spirit. But then we don't take these words to heart. 
Like the, the God said this. It's written in our book through Jesus. He's the word. The word became flesh dwelt among us, John chapter 1. But God said it through Jesus. Jesus had it penned on the book. Uh, it was breathed by heaven. Uh, secretaries, apostles, disciples, so on and so forth, wrote it down for him. But uh, God said we, we're to operate this way, and then we leave this out. I mean, I don't think too many other things where Jesus says it's expedient for you that I go. Now, the tithe is important, the offering is important, holy living. But I didn't hear Jesus said, it's expedient for you to tithe and offer. No, he says, it's expedient you for I go because the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit's job is to teach you about all the expedient things, meaning he leads and guides you into all biblical God-breathed truths. He leads you and guides you into tithes and offerings. That's why people without the Holy Spirit can't tithe and offer. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit loosens you up. You're locked up, and it's by the Holy Spirit that you're unlocked, or you become loose and flowy, and you're not greedy and selfish. You're not a miser anymore, uh, because the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you into all truths. And as he leads and guides you, there's peace. As he leads and guides you, there's joy. As you give hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions and tens of millions, a hundred, and on it goes... Uh, you do it with great joy because the Holy Spirit, the great re revealer of heaven, is leading and guiding you into all truths. But a lot of people are, are locked up concerning this matter because they haven't taken time to build faith. If God said you need the Holy Ghost, you better stop what you're doing, figure out how to get him, figure out how to never leave him or him never leave you, and walk with him every day of your life, period, or exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. In Jesus' name. If God said it, he did. Jesus expressed it. Come on, the word expressed it to us. Uh, not only expressed it, but said how important it was. And we should not live another day on planet earth without the Holy Spirit or without the power of heaven that God's given us to have success on earth. We need the Holy Spirit. You better figure out how to get them. And you've got the word and the Holy Spirit, even though you're not filled with him yet, he'll still help you or he'll give you insight and lead you into this truth. If you open up the book, say amen. But you got to have the Holy Spirit. Why, why are speaking in tongues? Why is it such a challenge for so many people to speak in tongues. Like why? Well, it's not so many people. It's religious people. People that come from religious backgrounds, people become from certain denominations. It's a struggle for because they're under the spell of a denomination. They're under the rituals of a certain denomination. When you shed those blankets of denominations off, when you shed those rituals, uh, the, the intellect of the doctrine uh, of smart men, when you shed that for the Holy Spirit, the mind of God, the person of God, the spirit of God, uh, you're going to be better off. But the only thing challenging it is the religion you came from. Get rid of it. Cast it down. Cast it off. Just like you put it on, put it off. Just like you took it on, take it off. Throw it down and take on God. Take the Holy Spirit. Come on, say amen to this. But you got to have the Holy Spirit. you got to pray in tongues. You say, I just can't get it. I can't get it. Well, you haven't built faith for it yet. Meditate the scriptures, meditate Matthew chapter 3, meditate John 14, meditate John 16, meditate Acts 1, meditate Acts 2, meditate Acts 19. 
Just meditate over and over. Read it and then meditate it. Think on it. Then read it. Then meditate it and think on it. Open up your mind. Open up your spirit to God and ask God to show you, to lead you, to guide you. And anything within you that is saying no to it, cast those thoughts down. Second Corinthians says, I take those thoughts under authority and I cast them out. Anything that would come against the knowledge of God, I cast it to the earth. So anything that would challenge praying in tongues, cast it down. Anything that would ring an old minister from a denomination, an old mistruth, an old religion, an old ritual from a denomination that's in the back of your brain saying it's wrong, it's, it's, it's too loose, it's not God, cast that thing down and put on God now and take on this truth of God that God said it, that settles it, I need it, and build within you the faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I challenge you now, we're, we're out of time, I challenge you now. Uh, stop today, whatever you're doing. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, stop what you're doing. Get your Bible out. Get on your face before God. Ask God to reveal these things to you. Uh, gain faith. Study those scriptures I just told you. And, and go, and, and you don't have to tarry. The Holy Spirit's here. He's willing. He's ready. He's able. Uh, you don't have to tarry. But I would say seek, seek, seek. Uh, meditate, meditate, meditate. Think on, think on, think on. Build, build, build faith. And don't stop to receive the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues and be excited to pray in other tongues. Understand it's a privilege to pray in other tongues. Only heavenly born again people can pray in other tongues. I would seek that and be so excited about it. Not nervous. The world says be nervous. Uh, ignorant church people or, or people that can't receive it <clears throat> because they've come against it. They should, they should be nervous, not us. I want it. I want to pray in tongues every day. I want to pray in tongues more than anybody, and I do. I pray in tongues. Pray, pray, pray in tongues. And, and tell people that don't understand it to shut up. And the only reason they're an advocate against it is because they're ignorant to it. It's funny how many people in ignorance become an advocate against the things of God. But the things of God they receive to the intellectual part of man, they become an advocate for. So advocate man, come on, but they're against God. Tell them to shut up. Tell them to get away from you. Say, get away from me. Like we pray in tongues in the church. I don't preach in tongues. I pray in tongues. You can't preach in tongues unless you have, uh, come on, I'm just going to go a little longer today. You know, uh, just you get a little bonus today. I'll give you like four bonus moments, minutes. Uh, so you can't preach in tongues unless you get the interpretation to preach in. Well, if God's going to give you the interpretation, then he'll move on you and give you a tongue for the church. But then you're going to interpret word for word so it's fruitful to the church. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, we'll go in church and I'll say everybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost pray in tongues. And we just pray in tongues. Everybody, not just me. So everybody. And the Bible says those who speak in an unknown tongue, uh, they, they build themselves up or they, they talk to God according to, according to 1 Corinthians um, 13. They prayeth unto God. Uh, and then it says they build themselves up. So I'm just letting people build themselves up. They edify themselves. Amen. But then when I preach, I preach in that, that known language of that land so it's fruitful for people. But then people come to me and say, oh, you disobey, tongues will cease. Let there be two to interpret. You can't pray in a service. No, you're ignorant. You know nothing. You just showed your true colors. You, my friend, are ignorant concerning the word of God. You know nothing about the anointing. You know nothing about the Holy Spirit. You're staunchy. You reek of religious smell. Preach them pretty good. Get those people away from you. Pray in tongues. Paul said, I'm praying in tongues more than you all. 
He said, but in an assembly, I'd rather prophesy or rather I'd rather preach in a known language so it'd be fruitful for them. But that didn't mean he didn't pray in tongues. And that didn't mean you can't pray in tongues in a church. Mm, glory to God. I hope I'm helping somebody. It's very important, especially now that you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that you pray in tongues. With that will come an anointing on your life to give you success no matter how dark the day gets, no matter how big the problem becomes. The anointing will see you through that problem every single time. Glory to God. Wow, I'm out of time. I hope this teaching helped you. I hope really you understand my heart, even though I get excited and say some harsh things, uh, we, we have to understand that the anointing will cause you to excel in every area of life. You'll begin to excel. It'll affect every area of your life. It'll affect everything. Can I share this one last thing? Once again, you're getting a bonus uh, podcast today, so but be happy about it. Share this one. Hey, I ask you every week, uh, hey, let me hear from you. Talk to me. Let me know how the podcast, and I get you know a handful of people. If you listen, if it helps you, uh, share it. Share it. Send it out. Put it on your social media. Call your friends. Uh, text it to people. And, and then I ask you once again, let me hear from you. I don't know what language you, you, you hear in, but I'll speak it in English. Uh, let me hear from you. Let me know how the podcast is helping you. Our deal? Now, once you're anointed, I'm going to say this real quickly in closing. I wish I had a keyboard to close. Uh, once you're anointed, you know it, and you'll become the biggest advocate for the anointing. Once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you know it, I'm not talking about fake, I'm not talking about you getting a little service and, and you know, mumble little shuckamoshai words, or mama ma 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 or mumble, or shake your teeth, or shout, that's not praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost is a full heavenly language that God downloads in you by way of the Holy Spirit. It's your language. You have it. You can speak it anytime you want. There's no end to it. It's not a limited language. It's not only, uh, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F. No, it's an unlimited language that God gives you. Then secondly, there's like, there's gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's gifts. And out of the one of those nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's a tongue, an interpretation of tongue that's different from the prayer language that gets downloaded in you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But once you're touched by a true anointing, once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll create a hunger for it every day of your life. Get in an anointed service. Get down here to New Way Church and get under the anointing and let this river of God flow and touch you and be a product and a part of it. Oh, glory to God forever. Well, until next week, Lord, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for the anointing even through the airwaves today. Anoint, touch, anoint, touch in Jesus' name. But Lord, may we never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. I love you. Pastor Rich here, Richard Summerlin Ministries. Make sure you're getting our emails. If not, contact us here at New Way Church. Make sure you're getting our ministry magazine. If not, contact us here. So many things going on, so many things in the future. Help us. Uh, we need you in Jesus' name. God bless you. <laughs>